crazy day in trades and of all sorts. You think by the time we're done, Ben Simmons will have been traded? Now I saw another thing that just said that the, the reports are the Sixers are happy to keep him, even though that's uh-huh. completely opposite. That doesn't that's fit. Clear. That's no, a that lot. doesn't fit all of the things that we've heard. So I, I got to go over again. Who could be leaking this and to what end? Because at first I was like, oh, some people are like, oh, they're setting the price high. It's negotiation. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to set these crazy trades that don't no. even make sense for the Sixers. Because it doesn't, it does, they don't work for the Sixers necessarily. I mean, other than, other than, you know, you get huge amounts of assets. But it doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense uh, to really think about making these kind of huge demands and then all of a sudden you know you get a you get a reasonable demand or a reasonable trade and you're not you're not going to get sort of the same sort of response from your fan base right <laughs> this is entertainment this is entertainment don't right. don't, don't forget that right i mean we, th- we think about like oh teams are just trying to win it's like well they are but they're also making sure that they can entertain their fan base and this is bringing interest to the team and probably generating money somehow Right, right, yeah. The, Certainly the, for clicks and everything that you get for yeah, the media. Well, like, so if nothing, the media industrial complex, right? The, mm-hmm. the GMs care about that because they end up using that for other means. So, like, they, they do play the long game. They know that those relationships are important. So they're leaking mm-hmm. for a reason. Right. Or someone's leaking. Rich Paul could mm-hmm. leak just because he feels like it, as far as I know. Right. All right. Um, are we recording? I think we are. Yeah, I already hit record. Just... Okay. So uh, this is Dad Pods. We're not talking about the NBA draft, but we kind of just were. I mean, we didn't yeah. say anything about the draft, to be honest with you. Yeah. It is happening right now. Uh, Cade Cunningham was the first pick of the NBA draft. Congratulations to you. I have Cunningham. never seen a single thing that Cade Cunningham has ever done. Uh, I don't think I did either because they didn't make it far in the tournament, right? <laughs> I, I don't even know. I didn't watch any of the tournament either this past year. Oh, yeah. Co- COVID tournament was, it was just like, it, it felt too much of a money grab to me, so I didn't mm. watch much of it. It was a money grab. It was also very entertaining. Yeah. So this is Dad Pods. This is a podcast. Uh, well, this is more than just Dad Pods. This is Dad Pod presents the the unofficial MCU podcast. Yes. I did I did go back and finally change our name to MCU versus Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. which was so long that you couldn't see it in any of the places where you would actually, you know, get the podcast. Want, want to see it. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think it's MCU with, with, with uh, little dots after the end and the C and the U. Even better. Yeah. All right. So we are part, we are doing our, our, our rankings. Uh, last week, if you, uh, you know, to catch you guys up, we, we did the bottom four movies. Uh, from here on out, we're going to be doing like a movie or a TV show uh, per episode. So mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty in-depth, you know, stuff going on. Um, but we'll start with uh, with you know our newest segment, which we've done now once, and we're going to be doing for the second time our news and notes segment. Marvel news. Marvel news. So. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, um, probably an actor most famously for uh, his role, known for his role in um, Men in Black, right? Could be that. Or he was on a, a Law and Order for a while, right? Yeah. Does anybody know which Law and Order, though? Was no. it Law and Order SVU? Was it Law and Order XYT? Mm-hmm. That I can't tell you. Yeah. So anyway, but it's Vincent D'Onofrio, a uh, very talented actor. Mm-hmm. Um he played uh, Kingpin in the, um, the Netflix Daredevil show. 
that for a while was considered part of the MCU. Mm -hmm. um, I think has been sort of kicked out of the MCU by Kevin Feige, who can just do that because he's the, the boss. With the snap I of his fingers. Was, yeah, I think, <laughs> see what you did there. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Kevin Feige actually has that power with regular reality too, not just the MCU. Yeah. He can just say, you know what? This is not part of uh, um, canon right now. So you know, that happens. Yeah, some of us will have to just change jobs or get new wives or things like that. So hmm. keep that in mind, like, you know, don't get down Kevin Feige's bad side. But anyway, um, uh, Mr. D'Onofrio is rumored to be um, uh, cast in the upcoming Hawkeye show playing the aforementioned Kingpin. So reprising that role that he played in Daredevil. Uh, what do you think? So, all right, the, the rumors are that this Daredevil show is going to cover the Matt Fraction run of, of Hawkeye, which was very popular. Right. It was very popular, it was excellent, and it was set in New York City. Right, and uh, there is a mob boss in that comic run. And right. that's, and that's kind run, of- I think it's a Russian, but yeah. Yeah. You, you could totally switch it to any mob boss. It's, it's, yeah, the Russian mob, right? Mm -hmm. The point is, uh, I would assume that they're going to put the kingpin in that situation instead sure. and uh you know have that's this is all hinting then like so now you can start to make plot predictions all right, right. so the story does not work at all if it's a if it's hawkeye that we know from the mcu a married man with uh you know living out in the country with his wife and kid so right. I, I think it's hinting now that we're going to go back to the comic book story yeah I think that's probably safe to say that for whatever reason, Hawkeye's on his own, whether, you know, his wife left him because of all of the, all those, you know, people that he killed, uh, sharing sure. the clip <laughs> or, or, you know, for whatever reason, um, what actually brings this, this, uh, this rumor here, some credence. So it started on a, you know, Marvel studios subreddit or something mm -hmm. like that. Okay. Uh, where this, this thing gets, and then it gets aggregated. Somebody posted on Twitter uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, the actor himself, liked that tweet. Interesting. That he was been cast. So, um, you know, as anybody uh, who's been following the MCU for the last decade knows, you just, you don't get, the actors don't get to have any sort of say until the studio says. Right. So until the studio stands up and says, hey, you've been cast, or here's what the plot points that we're releasing, you can't say anything. They've got, they've like, you know, Tom Holland's gotten into trouble. Uh, Mark Ruffalo's gotten into trouble. Lots of people have gotten into trouble for trouble for releasing things or both casting news as well as plot points. And so my guess is they got to Vincent and uh, uh, made him, because what happened afterwards is he had to go back and unlike that tweet. Oh, so this is again, us reading way too much into- Oh he, yeah, oh yeah. He, he could have also misclicked. He's like, oh, hey, look he my name. And then, he, and then he's like, oh, wait, I'm not in that. Okay. Unclick. You know, and maybe it was later because yeah. it blew up, right? And then he's like, wait a minute, that's not me. Yeah, <laughs> I just he, like my Vincent name. Did, Vincent D'Onofrio could just be one of those guys that just retweets everything that he sees that sure. it's part of, part of his, uh, that he sees his living room in it. Yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. yeah, and he didn't even do that. He just hit like, right? <laughs> yeah. And and to be fair to Vincent, we would totally do that with the at dad pods Twitter feed. If anybody retweeted it, we would totally just like it. Oh, yeah. 
So please go yeah. ahead and do it. Mention us, add us. We'll, we'll like it. We will, we will like it. We will retweet it. We will do whatever you want to it as long yeah. as you do the, the first, make the first step. Right. We are, um, we're just shy. So, so speaking of the Twitter feed and speaking of Hawkeye, I, I discovered something and I put this into our Twitter feed. I found the, one of the members of the world champion Milwaukee Bucks had written a fan letter to Daredevil, the comic, and gotten the picture that he drew of himself with Daredevil into the comic along with the letter that he wrote. He was a big fan. It's Brooke Lopez, mm -hmm. uh, very pretty cool NBA player and awesome dork. Has mm -hmm. a place. It uh, has a place on the property of the Disney World Resort. Yeah, both he and his brother, his twin brother. They love going giant, to the park. Giant seven-foot brothers, both from Stanford, I believe. Yep. Um, so yeah. So yeah. So I, I would uh, I put a lot of credence into this. You know, if we were to go one to ten, where do you think uh, it falls? I think it's probably in like the seven-eight range. Yeah, they they need some character to fill that role, and it makes a lot more sense to use yeah. the kingpin. But yeah, they need it. So, you know, we've, we've, we have been told that uh, Yelena Belova, uh, played expertly by Florence Pugh in the Black Widow movie, is going to take part in this upcoming series. But there haven't been any like villain announcements. And if they, you kind of do need a villain announcement. I don't think they want to make Yelena, just given the, the turn that she did in, in that Black Widow movie, the villain. Yeah. Necessarily. I think she will certainly try to kill Hawkeye, but my guess is is that it, you know, at the end they're friendly. They're friends. I I, I suspect what's going to happen. This is again based on what happened in the comic run. Mm -hmm. She's a villain for all of like, I'm going to say twenty minutes. Then you know Hawkeye explains what actually happened. She's back on his side and she fills the role. So there there were several different characters that help out Hawkeye through that run. So she fills the well. I believe Black Widow is in that right. very story. So she's filling the role that, that either Black mm -hmm. Widow or um, was it Songbird plays? There, there's a uh, bunch Mockingbird. Of, Mockingbird, yeah. So, yeah. There, so Hawkeye has been with like every female superheroine in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Name it. He's like, he's, he's, he's at least friendly. You yeah. know, he's, he's kind of a big, you know, slut. So not that we're slut shaming. We don't do that here at Dead Pots. No, but I guess the point is he's a very different character in the MCU than he is in the comics. Yeah, picking picking Hawkeye to be the family man was a curious move that they made. Yeah, um, that's that. So, um, another 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 note or news: uh, Sony, which uh, you know owns much of the Spider-Man characters and sort of has this um, kind of sharing of Spider-Man with the MCU. Uh, maybe introducing the Black Cat into the Spider Universe. Mm -hmm. There, there's, there is talk, and this is reported by the hat, the wait, that hashtag show.com. Clearly, some reputable uh, online service. Oh, totally. Um, so uh, Felicity Jones, who was cast as Felicia, later to be revealed as Felicia Hardy in the Amazing Spider-Man movie, which Amazing Spider-Man sequel, Amazing Spider-Man Two which neither of us have seen. So we can't speak expertly about Felicia, uh, yep. Felicity Jones, um, who was excellent in Rogue One, as well as uh, other pieces. She was in the um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg bio. Oh, right. Um, uh, she's an excellent actress, would be terrific as the Black Cat. Uh, but there, there is talk that, that, that that's, a, that's a movie that Sony is trying to make. Uh, I would not be surprised that that is the case because Sony is trying to maximize everything they can 
they are they are they've got the sequel to Venom is coming out or did it already come out? No, well the trailers are are available. Okay, so I I can't tell. I never I to be honest with you, I never saw the first Venom. So I I, don't I did not either. It looks terrible yeah. to me. But you know. Yeah. Um it's it and it is curious that that uh we're getting these characters that are so inextricably linked to Spider-Man and we're getting them like origined not from Spider-Man. It's curious. Yeah, it's it's this bizarre world of the Spider-Man universe minus Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know. And, and, can, can you do that? Yeah. And it's weird because it is, it's exactly the way you described it. It is the spider verse without the spider. Yeah. It's, 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 it's peculiar. Um, related. Uh, Sony, another spider verse movie that's coming out is uh Craven, the hunter, mm-hmm. uh, a Spider-Man villain. I don't know how they're going to do this where he's, he's, they're making all these anti-hero movies where the, the villains of Spider-Man are going to be in movies about themselves where they, I guess they're going to be the he- quote-unquote hero in these things or at least the anti-hero. Yeah, and Craven really makes no sense to me at all because the, the most famous run with Craven, uh, 100% so, involves Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You can't, it's, and it's like Venom's existence is based on the Spider-Man. It's, it's, there's a lot of curious stuff. Did no me. one, when they watched that Venom movie, realize that the guy looks a lot like Spider-Man, and yet there's no yeah. existence of a Spider-Man in that movie? Yeah, he's got, like, Spider-Man, like, uh, powers. His eyes look like Spider-Man? Like, oh, anyhow, so the, yeah. the, the most famous, the, the last hunt of uh, Craven the Hunter is the yeah. most famous story arc with him, and he takes the role of Spider-Man in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't understand what this movie is going to be about. I don't know either. So, uh, but anyway, uh, Jody Turner Smith is apparently up for uh, the Calypso role. Calypso is a uh, kind of also villain of Spider-Man, and then but sort of related to Craven somehow. Yeah, there's some sort of like mind control thing going on. If in that run, that that was well, okay. So Craven's last hunt is really important story arc in spider-man there's another one later on where calypso does some you know mind control on spider-man and he's thinking he's back within that storyline of craven's last mm-hmm. time so that that's how it's all related yeah i i, I don't know how they're going to do this yeah so again none of these work without spider-man yeah i mean i think they yeah let's just leave it at that um this feels very safe this next one uh, and you found so that last last story was uh, courtesy of the Illuminati. Yep. Uh, it's been reported, and this seems like the safest bet in the history of man, yep. that the Eternals are going to have interaction with the Avengers somewhere yes. along the lines. Mm-hmm. And the Eternals is the next big uh, movie that comes out this fall or winter. Uh, it's a big superhero team. They're super powerful. Um, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about them. I'm eager to learn more. Yep. I have tried reading a few of the, the comics. They are, they're a little harder to get into. Uh, the history of those characters is, is, is curious. They do have some links to Thanos in there, and they have some links to some other characters, but uh, they are generally space-based. Um, the idea is that many of these characters are some of the you know, gods and goddesses of, of elder uh, humans and have hidden themselves for years and years and years and all of a sudden they're going to bring themselves out and show the world who they are yeah 
it's a lot of origin of man kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so to say that they're going to interact with the Avengers seems like a pretty safe bet. But this is by we got this covered.com. And they're yeah. reporting on it claims that they had an inside source who's been able to tell them other things that have been verified since then. So that they're they're fairly confident in this. That's yeah, I think that's pretty uh, clear. And unless it just unless the Eternals bombs both critically and monetarily, right. Right. Uh, it's going to happen. And the fact that they got Chloe Zhao, who I believe now is an Oscar winner, yep, uh, to to uh, to to direct this film, I don't think it's going anywhere. Trailer looks great. If you haven't seen the trailer, yeah. go look at it. Yeah, yeah. And they got Angelina Jolie, they got Richard Madden, they got lots of actors and actresses that you've seen mm -hmm. uh, doing other things. Um, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney. Yep. Um, she had this deal that she was supposed to get as many of the big stars of uh, Marvel and movies in general, instead of taking a huge salary up front, they defer some of that salary and say, I just want a percentage of the box office. And uh, it's worked out for lots of people. So uh, Tom Hanks got this for, uh, I believe, Forrest Gump. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. got it for um, all of the uh, Marvel products he's done since, I think, the first Iron Man. Uh, and uh, she had this deal. She had a similar deal with uh, Endgame, I think. And uh, she had it for Black Widow. That was she was going to get uh, paid. And then Black, and then the pandemic happens, and they release a lot of it on Disney Plus, and they didn't have to share that with her. Right. So this is this will never go to court. <laughs> no. So let, let's they'll, speak. they'll settle for some. Uh, reasonable amount that right you can just uh save face on and not basically that would just cover the court costs and no one really wants to take this to court basic yeah this is posturing so yes this the lawsuit started and then yes disney gave an official response saying you know this is outrageous but what's going to happen is suddenly the two sides have come to an agreement and they're going to say something very simple and they're going to be happy and yeah. we'll never know how much money it was for because also i mean Scar scarlet johansson does not want to close the door on disney no, no. Uh, being being ever to be cast in another Disney product again, and honestly, I don't, I'm not sure that she really wants to close the door on even this character. Um, yeah. So related to other reporting, and this this came straight from the creative team of Black Widow. There was the original, end stinger for that movie had a hint that that uh, Nat, Natasha could come back. Mm -hmm. So at that point in time, and we know that Scarlett Johansson was an executive producer on this movie. So this was a distinct possibility that she could come back to the MCU. Yeah. I think she and it, probably... And there, was a, and there was a really easy... I mean, we've talked about... I've talked this, about this a lot. Yeah. There's a really easy way to, to, to fix this. There was, it was... Steve Rogers takes the, the uh, soul stone back. You know, the whole soul for a soul. They've got to kill somebody to get the stone. Well, you give the stone back to the planet, maybe you get a soul back. Sure. Or it's, it's pretty time simple, right? We've just seen this whole series about time travel, and we've seen yeah. characters versions back. of everybody. Yeah, so that there were there were there were things they could have done uh, to bring her back. Now, I it, it might just be she takes a couple years off, and and then she comes back. Um, you know who knows? Yeah, so I wouldn't close the door on any character that that leaves the MCU. Right now, what are you, your feelings on if uh, Black Widow comes back? What are my feelings on if, like percentage-wise, or do I? No, do, would you think it would work story-wise? I do, I do. I think you could totally bring her back with either the Soul Stone trick, 
Um, and you know, she's on a planet far, far away. It took her a while to get back. That's sure. a total, that's a total sort of uh, trick, right? Um, I think it would work. It, de- it depends on the storyline. Yep. Um, I think the success of this movie, uh, I know that it didn't do well in the box office, but it did really, really well from a streaming standpoint, particularly, you know, people shelling out 30 bucks. I think there's a, there's a weird disconnect, people shelling out 30 bucks for a small screen movie versus had they taken their family of four to a movie, they would have dropped $150 at the movie theater or something, right. like, something outrageous uh, when you factor in parking, driving, snacks, dinner, whatever. Um, you know, did you take your were, family to, uh... I, you know what I didn't, I, we did the, the $20 at home or $30 at home. Okay. Um, I know you guys went to the theater. We did. Uh, so now this is where I'm slightly jealous because, because you paid the $30 that way to see it. Now you could watch, watch it again. I could, I think, I think I can, I haven't. No, you, you totally can. That's how the Disney plus access works. And I keep seeing yeah. it there. And I think to myself, there are scenes I would want to see in the movie. So that's just a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. You pay 30 bucks and you can watch it. Uh, it's not just watching it once. It's much better than a rental. Yeah. So. Uh, and not that we need to shell for uh, <laughs> Disney plus. No, Disney doesn't need our money, but Disney, you know, um, Disney should advertise on this show and give us money. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, now, so that's bringing back Black Widow, the character. What about mm-hmm. bringing back uh, Tony Stark? Would you be in favor of that? Because some people have called for that i mean it depends on how they do it i wouldn't say i think i think in both cases you need to have it makes you want to have the the sacrifice mean something Mm -hmm. um so you know when i when i when we talk about like the soul for a soul the act of steve rogers putting that stone back you know you could argue is a sacrifice that undoes what it what it does now, for Tony, uh, it's a little bit different. I, I feel like, you know, both characters did the whole death thing for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to make it make sense. I think in both cases, probably, you know, thinking about it now, maybe the alternate reality person works best. Yeah. Um, I would be less inclined to bring Tony back just because, I mean, RDJ's getting, a little, getting up there. Yeah. So that's not the reason I don't, I don't want him to come back. <laughs> so in my case, I think the Iron Man story, we'll talk about this a little bit when we discuss the movie that we're about to talk about. Um, that story is kind of done. We've seen him in three movies. We saw him in Civil War. We saw him in Infinity War. We saw him in, plus the other two Avengers Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man movies, yeah. Yeah, we saw a whole lot of Iron Man. So mm-hmm. with Black Widow, I felt after her solo movie, like I was kind of ready to see some more. So at the mm-hmm. end of that movie, I was like, I would not mind if she came back. Yeah, she's been a, a such a side character for the entire the entire run that finally getting her own sort of chance to shine was. Um, it was unfortunate they did it this late and after everything had already happened. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that just there is more to tell. Like we we do get some of the the past sort of stuff, but we don't we don't know what she did right as a, a widow right we know that it was bad but we don't really know much yeah you know we saw her sit in a car and order an explosion <laughs> exactly and that's that was awful right but i mean it's also like not not enough to make to to to, to have your character do this turn and make it right redemptive so, so anyhow, yes, Kevin, Kevin Feige, as you're listening to this, uh, go ahead, 
bring uh yeah, bring her back bring give her, her back. you know an extra 20 mil just it's fine you have money don't worry about it's, it it's in the it's in the couch cushions yeah that's what that, that kind of money is yeah oh there was a little bit of news which is somewhat related to marvel yes. mm -hmm. uh over the past few weeks people have noticed that uh jeff bezos went into space yes and uh, uh he went up there with uh three other uh one astronaut uh one other kind of co-pilot and then some kid Mm -hmm. So uh, I think they are the Fantastic Four now. Right. Uh, clearly, Bezos is Doctor Doom. Right. He like could that, be. He that could just be. happened. He, he does look like uh, Lex Luthor. Yeah. Or uh, Doctor Evil. I like that comparison. He does look like Doctor Evil, and you know the spaceship did look like a giant. <laughs> Johnson, what are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, uh, what are we actually talking about today? So today, our main segment, we are talking about the fifth from the bottom Marvel right. movie. Marvel talking... movie project project. And we did mention like uh, we did mention the Netflix uh, show Daredevil. Uh, we are not including that in our MCU rankings. Yeah, we are not including any of the MCU. I mean, any of the Netflix shows, any of the ABC shows. I think there was a Hulu show. There was mm -hmm. been some other. Uh, there was a Fox show. That all came out ostensibly, you know, during the during the time that the MCU uh, was was running in big screens. Uh, these Disney Plus shows that have come out just this year, uh, we are including because those do include MCU characters as well as they are leading to uh, future movies. So we are including those. Right. That's that's not to say that any of the Netflix shows aren't good. I think several of them are. I think uh, the Daredevil shows are very good. I think Jessica Jones is excellent. Yep. Uh, Luke Cage was good. Um, Punisher, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, in the Iron future, Fist, yeah, we might talk about them. Yeah, forget. We Iron might talk Fist. about them. Yeah, forget Iron Fist. But we're not talking about that um, today. We're not talking about that tonight. We are talking about Iron Man three. Dun dun dun. Yeah, Iron Man three. It's uh, we're now in phase two. Of yes, this is the first phase two film. And like we said, we're not going in order, so we will talk about these. We'll try to put these in as much context as possible. Uh, so this is the first film that comes out after the Avengers, the first Avengers film. Uh, at the end of the Avengers, you know, the Avengers win. Uh, they've thwarted a uh, alien invasion. Tony Stark did um, sacrifice himself really to save the world and was saved by the Hulk, kind of. Um, there at the end, um, nearly died. Uh, he is going through a lot. Yep. Uh, um, as a as a as a character right now, like the, the PTSD from that is is real. And this is, I think, kind of the first time you've seen in a in a in a in this sort of genre of movie where you have like the events of the past actually inform the events of the future and don't just make someone a stronger hero. This is actually showing some weakness on on the character's part. Yeah, it's really interesting in that regard. The production-wise, this is the first one that this is the only Iron Man movie that didn't have John Favreau uh, directing it. Right, he is still in the movie. Yeah, always playing uh, Iron Man's bodyguard. Uh, Shane Black, who directed Robert Downey Jr. and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and Robert Downey Jr. credits him for part of his comeback mm -hmm. for that movie. Uh, he's yeah. the director, and he he writes this too. He's a co-writer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you want to just get into the plot? Let's let's talk about it. Okay. So 
all the Iron Man movies at some level are really about atonement. So we did talk about this a little bit with Black Black Widow, but Iron Man, you know, Tony Stark, he is we when we discover Tony Stark, he's already a 40-year-old man. He has a long career of being a scientist and weapons creator. Um, he doesn't have any compunction about doing any of that, right? He just he likes it. He he'll blow stuff up. That's what he builds. And you know, as we see in the um, uh, in the first Iron Man, just that whole sort of arc of, oh, the stuff that I'm doing is really bad. I'm going to start doing good things now, and I've got you know, every once in a while, the sin, all those sins that he has sort of had in the past come back to bite him. Right. I saw that when we talked about Iron Man Two, which is a terrible movie. This one's actually much better, I think, than Iron Man Two. Um. The, 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 the comic run, and, and you brought this up in, in, our, in our talks about this before, the comic run, it, it comes, it's, a, it's only about a six episode arc, right? Yeah. That this movie is really based on. So uh, that, that, that comic run, it's an extremis, is oh, yeah. sort of the main sort of uh, uh, run in the comics. Uh, and actually the way that they sort of retconned Tony Stark's uh, origin story back in Iron Man 1 really does come from this extremist arc right uh, that we get in this in this uh, in the in the movie in the movie as well in the, in the comics and then it, and translating into the, the first Iron Man movie which we will talk about much later yep uh, because that's a it's a higher up on our list so this movie uh, we got a flashback sins of the past 1999 right before y2k uh, big party Tony Stark is clearly trying to you know, bed some hot scientist uh, played by, uh, what, who's it played by? Maya Hansen is played by Rebecca something or other. I don't know. <laughs> she's, she's in the town. She's in the town also. She's really good. She's a good okay. actress. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we see several characters during this flashback. We get, we get your Aldrich Killian played by Guy Pierce. We get Maya Hansen. Right. Uh, we briefly get a, 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 a cameo by, uh, Dr. Yinsen, who is the uh, scientist who helps Iron Man create the first prototype Iron Suit, Iron Man Suit, yep. uh, in the first Iron Man one. Um, Happy during this time has an amazing mullet from 1999. Yeah, it's totally fake, but it is amazing looking. Yeah, he clearly was influenced by Pulp Fiction. Correct. Correct. Yeah, he looks like uh, uh, the, uh, the John Travolta character, um, and the beginnings of this extremist tech is alluded to. Right. So uh, Maya Hansen is creating this uh, regenerative plant kind of thing. Um, and we also get a, an allusion to AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics. Right. So you have Killian's wearing uh, an AIM t-shirt. He hasn't created AIM yet, but mm -hmm. you can tell that this is the, the, yeah. the ideas so are Killian, forming in his head. Killian at this time is sort of rebuffed by by Tony. He is a um, kind of a nerdy scientist guy. He's got a limp, clearly some sort of um, degenerative uh, or uh, birth defect, something like that. Um, he is uh, tricked by Tony into going onto the roof. Uh, says, I'll, you know, Tony's like, I'll be there in a few minutes and just leave him up there because yeah. Tony in 1999 was a jerk. Yeah. So he's a real jerk there. There's no reason to do this to poor Killian. Uh, mm -hmm. th that being said, what did you think of uh, Guy Pierce's performance as Killian here? 
Here, I didn't mind it. Really? So mm -hmm. him as the scientist, I thought this was way too much. Yeah. Well, and we'll get to this later. I think um, one of the weaknesses of this film is actually Killian. Yeah. Uh, Guy Pierce as Killian. Um, I like Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is terrific most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, Memento is one of the greatest films of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, he was terrific in um, uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. Which is a great, great movie from the mid-90s, great indie movie. He is an excellent sort of indie actor. He was great in uh, L.A. Confidential. Mm -hmm. Amazing actor. Um, I didn't like him in this role. I didn't like uh, his performance really all that yeah. much. So I liked this little part of it better. I would have liked to see that sort of uh, roll out a little bit more. But um, uh, so, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, spoiler alert, that's one of the weaker parts of the film. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into this. Let's, let's keep our, our plot recap yeah. going. So, um, you know, we, we jump to the present day and, uh, you know, there's this report of a, of a terrorist that's uh, hijacked the airwaves, calls himself the Mandarin. Um, and uh, in kind of response to that, as well as some of the other sort of things that are going on in the world, we are, you know, immediately post Avengers and all that stuff. Uh, the president of the United States, President Ellis, uh, introduces uh, Rhodey as the Iron Patriot. Right. So and yeah, now, now it's War Machine, but just with a whole new paint job. Red yeah, Red he's Red. got a flaggy paint job. Now, uh, we should sort of introduce a couple things from the, the comics here. Uh, the Mandarin is like maybe the oldest and uh, most well-known of the, the Iron Man uh, uh, rogues gallery. He's a classic Iron Man villain. Um, he's also maybe one of the most racist uh, villains Oh, wait, you think you cut out. Say it again. Uh, he's also one of the most racist uh, Iron Man villain, uh, uh, comic create, uh, creations of all time. Um, so they introduce him slightly different here, which I think is appropriate. Yep. Now, the Iron Patriot is a character that was introduced in the comics as well. Um, was never um, Rhodey as War Machine. He was never uh, created as the Iron Patriot. The Iron Patriot was, all, was created post-Civil War in the comics, it was actually, of all people, Norman Osborn in an Iron Man suit. Uh, Norman Osborn, of course, is the Green Goblin, Spider-Man villain, uh, Marvel villain extraordinaire. Right. So they kind of combine a couple of things in here. Um, so uh, we do get uh, Tony sort of having these anxiety attacks. Uh, the seemingly the only thing that sort of helps him when he's in one of these uh, anxiety attacks is to get into a suit. So mm -hmm. he's almost always wearing a suit or he's almost always creating more suits. So um, he has retreated almost exclusively to his lab. Uh, Pepper is running Stark Industries and Tony is just creating Iron Man suit after Iron Man suit, uh, trying to uh, avoid life. Right, so this, this is a part where they take some shortcuts from the, the comic where in this, in the comic book, Tony, in order to get this stronger connection with the suit has to take the extremis virus himself. Right. Uh, here he's doing it through technology. He can somehow effectively control the suit with his mind. Right, right. And uh, the other thing about, um, and, and, and we can talk about this maybe a little bit later, um, the, in the comics, he has to bond with the extremists because he can't fight the extremist freaks without them. Right. Without it. Um, they're way too strong for him. So, um, so uh, 
Killian comes to visit uh, Pepper, kind of gives him, gives her, I'm sorry, the same sort of spiel that he gave uh, Tony like 13 years ago. Hey, do you want to invest in AIM and this technology that I'm creating? And, and, and she's like, nope, no thank you. So uh, uh, that's that. So he kind of leaves. Uh, <laughs> he looks uh, a lot better than he did before. He looks a lot better. He's like handsome Guy Pierce now. And Guy Pierce is a very good-looking, handsome man. Oh yeah, he's a he's he's now charming. Yeah. There, there's a little bit of you know, detect some jealousy from from Tony Stark because sure. he's sure. sweeping Less, Pepper off her feet. Sure, and that jealousy is almost is is filtered through Happy's eyes, right? Because Happy is the one that sees him. Um, so Happy doesn't trust him. Uh, starts following around uh, Savin, who is uh, uh, his uh, Killian's like. Uh, underling, second command, whatever you want to call him, uh, henchman. Savin is in like every freaking scene. I don't know how yeah. he's freaking flowers. Miles must be crazy. But anyway, so Happy follows him around and uh, there's a bombing. Happy is hurt. Yeah. Um, the Mandarin takes credit for this bombing. Is it? It's at the Man's Chinese Theater in Los Angeles, another, you know, clearly racist. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood thing. Um, uh, so Tony, you know, basically vows revenge against the, the, the Mandarin, which, you know, seems threatening. Uh, and they sh police should step in and don't allow him to do this. But yeah, uh, Tony has never even visited by police at this point. Um, he gives him, uh, he, gi he gives out his home address, which also seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, and, not, a, uh, not a good idea at all if you're a very rich celebrity. Uh, yeah. Or anybody, just don't do that. Yeah. Like, very so, publicly. So this next scene is a cool scene. So, so Tony starts investigating the bombing, right? And uh, somehow he gets like a virtual reality, like it was all taped somehow. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, it's recorded. some BS or like somehow yeah. he's getting it from all the cell phone footage and everything that's available. Yeah, like anybody that watches any crime shows always gets this where it's like you get like the, the, the surveillance footage of a, of a thing and they're like, oh, can we enhance that photo? Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, you can't enhance that photo. Like, like if you take a picture with your cell phone, mm -hmm. you can't make the picture any clearer. Yeah, because that's all you right. got. That's what you got. The pixels are with the pixels, right? So if it's a bad photo, it's a bad photo. Well, this is even worse. Like he does. This is work. He can see like every angle of everything in there, uh, yeah. which is, which like that kind of that 360 cam that you sometimes get with the NFL. Yeah. But they mm -hmm. have cameras all over the stadium to do that. Right. I don't know where he got this footage. He creates so he he figures out that the bomb is not a bomb. Mm -hmm. That it was a, uh, you know, and we actually the the you know. Omniscient Observer noticed this too because it was the one of these extremist guys that blows up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now we've seen like the the whole flaw with extremists at this point yeah. in time. Like we so saw it early on. Some with, of, yeah. So you get really strong, but some people blow up. Right. And that's that's the whole deal. Yeah. But so he's so he he tra he traces so he he kind of you know he uses Jarvis and he's like hey so let's let's think about this like. Let's find some of the, let's see all the, the Mandarin bombings that he's taking credit for. And is there anything that looks like it that's not been taken credit for? Um, and they find one. Uh, and so it's in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, Jarvis, let's plot a course. We might have to go to Tennessee. And then right before that happens, um, 
Maya visits. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of helicopters uh, fly to Tony's house and start missiling the... Uh, yeah, uh, with home. impeccable timing. <laughs> Perfect timing, yeah. So uh, this is an amazing, it's a, it's a great scene to watch. Yeah. It was exciting. It, it might be ridiculous, but it's also ridiculous in just like a comic book way, right? Like, you know, um, you and I couldn't just get helicopters right. and fly them to somebody's house and start shooting them without like the military. Like, <laughs> just just a approaching off of uh, the Pacific Ocean. Right. Military grade helicopters coming in from the coast off the coast because they come from like the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. That's going to cause like that's going to get on somebody's radar, literally right. somebody's mm -hmm. radar. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. like F16s are going to like intercept that thing or F18s now. Yeah, they have to take off from somewhere, right? They can't just like appear. Exactly. <laughs> Did they yeah. come off an aircraft carrier? That aircraft carrier would be seen. Yeah. Aircraft carriers, we don't like aircraft carriers that close to uh that close to uh, U.S. airspace. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of issues with that. If you, but anyhow, yeah, that. that... Yeah. So anyway, these. Uh, so there's this great scene where you know Tony saves Pepper by throwing a suit on her, right? Right. Because he can do that with. You mentioned he can do that with his little wristbands in his mind. Yep. He can. He throws the suit. She's safe. She she saves Maya. They get out of the house, and then Jarvis says Pepper's safe. So he calls the suit back. It happens to be like a prototype suit, so it can't right. fly yet sometimes. Yeah. And it also can't really do some like damage. So he's able to take out like two of the helicopters, but there are three helicopters, unfortunately. Right. And then so he gets knocked unconscious and in the ocean. Right. Yeah. And then finally Jarvis figures out how to make the, the suit fly and then um, it flies to Tennessee. It, yeah, the, the suit, he gets thrown <laughs> in the ocean, the suit somehow wakes up, takes him out of the ocean, he's knocked out, and he's flown to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Maybe going from a bad place to even a worse place, I don't know. But There are some parts of Tennessee that are lovely. I'm sure there are. Nashville? Nashville is fun. All right. Um, you know, Memphis, parts of Memphis, great barbecue. Um, if you want old-timey photos of yourself, like as, like as a cowboy or something, you can go to Gatlinburg. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Tony should and, have done that while he was there. And Dollywood. Oh, Dolly yeah. Parton is like the greatest person on the planet. All right. That everyone should agree with. Yeah. So anyway, so um, uh, Tony wakes up in Tennessee and his suit won't work. It's like out of juice. Yep. Unfortunately. And he doesn't have a cell phone. Yes. <laughs> a lot of problems <laughs> can be solved with a cell phone in this movie. Yes. He could have just made a phone call. Um. He should have called an Avenger. We could talk about this at some point. There were but, several Avengers. Like, even Hawkeye could have helped him. Yeah. The, there's definitely a lot of nerfing of Tony throughout this, where he's clearly, even the suit he has in the Avengers movie, he's got that. This whole movie wraps up in about 10 minutes, right? That's right. <laughs> Those helicopters are not a threat, because we see him taking down, like, aliens with giant That's space right. whale guns yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the, giant, the giant space whale couldn't destroy Tony Stark. Right. So somehow these, <laughs> these helicopters are a threat. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, at the same time, they both nerf him and they make Tony way more powerful. Like, like yes. this, this movie, Tony is able to like do some hand-to-hand -hand fighting with people. Um, 
that he wouldn't be able to do in an Avengers movie. Right. Because <laughs> like, he doesn't do anything in the Avengers movies without the suit. Right. Yeah. So now all of a sudden yeah, he can, he's physically more capable than he was before because, you know, this is yeah. the difference between an Iron Man movie and an Avengers movie. Exactly. So Tony meets a, meets a kid mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Uh, he like uses the garage. It happens to be a kid that frankly, I mean, really bad parenting. Yeah. <laughs> Kids making a potato gun, like a very high powered potato gun. That's yeah. pretty dangerous. Yeah. And the mom is not around. Yep. Um, the dad, I guess, is, you know, went for a pack of cigarettes a couple years ago and left. Yep. Um, but Tony meets a, meets a kid. Um, they investigate the site of this first explosion, which happened at a, a nuclear power plant or something. Had to do with some sort of military thing. Right. Um, and uh, he starts trying to repair this suit. So it's, he's trying to charge it and using their electricity i guess yeah it's like a battery <laughs> like yeah it's not exactly an arc light reactor so it takes a really long time which he has in his chest so he should be able to charge it through there at, at worst I, right? yeah so they, they've definitely violated their own physics that were set up in the first iron man and and the second iron man yeah so somehow you're charging it up like through electricity while that's going on uh he's doing the investigation yeah yeah, and so he gets attacked by two uh, extremist people when he starts investigating. Right. It was this woman and the aforementioned Sabin. What the hell is he doing in Tennessee? Yeah, I have no idea. Why would he go there? No idea. Why is he there? Well, I mean, he doesn't really serve much of a purpose other than they've, I guess they've already paid him his, his wage and they're just going to keep it, put him in every scene. Well, so I mean, the he was one, fine yeah. as an actor, but I just I don't understand like why he's there. Like, everybody thinks that Tony is dead. Right. Yeah, that's well established through this whole Tennessee bit. Yeah, everybody thinks he's dead. Why were they? Why did they send him to Tennessee when they already sent this one person? Because they're not. They don't have any reason to believe that there's any Avengers right. trying to get information about this first bomb, about you know the, the origins of it. There's no. There's no reason for him to be there. Yeah. So all. the woman is there presumably to, to find the same file that Tony's looking for. Tony's trying to figure out the the origin of that first bomb, which is this guy that blew up, soldier who was going through this procedure, and she's there asking about the exact same file at the exact same time. Yes, it's fortunate. Yeah. And and thankfully, this mother of this uh, victim just gives it to Tony. Yeah. So he hides it in like somebody else's car or something like that. It's just weird. Right. And then and then they're trying to get this file back from him, and he defeats them with science. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, should we talk about what, what he gave to the kid now, or should we talk about that later? Uh, we'll go into that. I think a little bit later. later. Okay. Yeah, so, cause yeah. that's, because that's definitely something we need to discuss. Okay. Um, <laughs> so she, yeah, he has to beat her with science and killing the extremist warriors is very tough. It's, it's both really hard, but then, it, then once you do it, it's done, but then they can heal almost every other wound. It's right. Very yeah. strange. He's like punching the heck out of her. She's got super strength. Yeah. I think he blasts her with the, his he blows up. He blows her up with a microwave, right? Yeah, he, first he blows up the microwave, so the whole thing blows up. Right. And she still comes out of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember exactly how she did it. It's not yeah, good. she... Anyhow, that, that, that was but never... Then, but then he, he blasts the repulsor on the, the guy. Right. And then he gets up right after that 
And then he had given a little device to the kid saying, hey, this is for bullies. It's non-lethal. Right. And then he uses it on the, the guy and that incapacitates him. Right. Yeah. For a long time because it get, allows the, the they to escape. get away. Right. Yeah. We'll uh, come back to that. Yeah. That's um, weird. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so he, he finds a new, he, he, he escapes Tennessee. <laughs> he finds a, a news truck, right. uh, which was kind of a funny scene. Um, with a with like a Tony Stark uh, lookalike, yeah, guy. it's like a it's like a huge fan, a, a Tony uh, Stan, and, yeah, yeah, Tony Stan, and he uh, he he figures out what the Mandar where, where the Mandarin's at right. somehow because he's got hacking powers, right? Yeah, he uses the technology of the truck and uh, yeah, the technology of the truck, um, the CIA and all of military intelligence they think the Mandarin's in. Pakistan because that's where they've sent Rhodey to. Yep. And he's like open. He's just like breaking into safe houses as Iron Patriot. Yep. And it's not working for him. But Tony is getting all this information with with the same login. Right. Yeah. Exact same technology because this exact there's this part where he, he call he manages to get a cell phone and he calls Rhodey to get mm-hmm. his password to his AIM account. Right. Which is uh, War Machine Rocks sixty eight. Yeah. And it's unfortunate they didn't go with uh, 69 there, right? Yeah, you can tell where they're going. Yeah. So, the, of course, the Mandarin turns out to be a Florida man. He's, <laughs> he's living in Miami. He's in Miami. Yeah. Um, so uh, so they, he tracks him to Miami. So he goes down to Miami. Yep. Um, uh, Iron Patriot is actually uh, defeated by one of these extremist people who just touches him. Yeah. and knocks him out uh and then so he's brought to miami too yeah. to, because the bad guys want to get him out of the suit right uh we'll get to that um maya and pepper are together because yes. maya confronts pepper and says hey we need to do this da, 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 da. i think my boss is working with the mandarin right. um killian tracks them down kidnaps pepper and everybody goes to miami Yes. Fortunately, <laughs> everybody's in the same same McMansion in Miami. All roads lead to Miami yeah. <laughs> in a very kind of convoluted way. Yeah. Uh, so Tony is able to, to break into this mansion, despite the fact that every bad guy is there and every good guy is there. Yeah. So the security should be pretty high, but he breaks in with some, you know, toys that he made at uh, the Home Depot. Right. I, I do think that's kind of cool. That That's like harking it back. Was, to... It was actually a pretty cool scene just to yeah. see him build all these weapons out of nothing. Now, we are in Florida. Right. He could have just bought like an M16 and had it like six hours later. That's a good point. The loose gun laws. <laughs> uh, Very probably, loose gun laws. He probably could have just bought it. Like, let's, let's be have, perfectly honest. <laughs> he could have bought a gun. He could have bought several guns and a few poisonous snakes and mm-hmm. some alligators and gotten into that... Uh, building the same way sure but hey he, he made stuff that was cool yes so um yeah so and and this is where you get to see really the first level of like tony is like like oh wow tony can do stuff without the suit like he's like right. punching people and fighting them and doing all right. kinds of like you know you know low level karate stuff that every superhero knows how to do right <laughs> but yeah now now iron man even without the suit yeah. can do it and so we learn that the mandarin played um Actually, I really liked Ben Kingsley in this role. Mm-hmm. He's pretty funny. Uh, paid by Ben Kingsley. is just an actor. Yep. 
And uh, Killian is the true mastermind behind the whole thing. Right. So we learned that. Um, Tony finds this out, and then Savin, because Savin is back in Miami somehow. <laughs> uh, everyone, everyone went to Miami. So. Yeah, everybody's in Miami. Knocks him out, and so that now Tony is uh, uh, captured as well. So Tony, uh, Pepper, and uh, Rhodey are all independently being held in different rooms. Yes. In this in this mansion, Miami mansion. Right. All some level of just comfort right mm-hmm. oh and by the way maya's evil right like we found out like we find out that maya's evil because she, uh she portrayed pepper right uh she's been working with killian um but she needs tony to sort of fix the extremists they don't they don't call it a virus in this film but no it's not call it a virus yeah. it's just the extremist formula or whatever tony is super smart so he can fix it so people don't blow up that's right. what their ultimate goal is so um, uh, Killian kills Maya mm-hmm. with a gun because right. she made him angry somehow. Yeah, um, she and, she thinks he's gone too far, right? Like this, right? Killian's like now clearly now he's, he's gone too far, <laughs> covering up, blowing up these people up. I guess you could argue that he was accidentally blowing people up before in the name of science. Yeah, yeah and he didn't do anything in the last eight hours where she was helping him the previous night right. to to kidnap Pepper. And then all of a sudden now she's doing something bad. Right. Now he did, he did inject Pepper with the virus or right. whatever you want to call it. Uh, so, so Pepper is going through the extremist changes. Right. Now, was that the, the, the ultimate thing where she's just like, okay, that's the, I know this chick, so you can't do it that to that. Yeah. I, I don't know. And so, yeah, Maya thinks that's too much. And so she threatens to kill herself. So he just does it. Yeah. He just, and this is a classic. This is a classic uh, bad guy in a movie move where you kill your second in command, mm-hmm. right? Because they they think you're going too far. That's kind of a classic way to do it. Um, I think it also was the, the 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 scene that was kind of sort of needed to make Killian seem kind of really bad, really bad guy, right? Because like to this point, so he's a mad scientist clearly, and he is sort of in the game of trying to hide the fact that, oh, what I've been making is, um, is, uh, can be bad, right? right? But it's also this thing that can, you know, if you're an amputee, it can grow your arm back. If you're, you know, immunocompromised, it can make you better, you know, all this stuff, right? So it's got all these good making properties, but then, so he's just, so they needed to make him more than just like a misguided bad scientist. They needed to make him evil, evil. And this was the scene that did it. Yeah, that's that's where you know he's he's gone full heel. And he, he also claims, oh, I don't need you, Maya, anymore because I've got Tony Stark. And I know that Tony Stark's now going to fix Extremis because he's got to save Pepper. Yeah, so he had to kill Maya just to make right. himself worse. Let's think about that, though, as we talk about the rest of the movie. So remember, everything that Killian's doing hinges on him having Tony Stark available right. to solve extremists that's right whole everything the whole purpose he needs tony alive yeah okay, okay. <laughs> now let's talk about the other things that happen yeah um so they they're trying to get roadie out of the suit yes for reasons and so killian goes full like fire breathing dragon to get him out and he yeah. does so he he touches him and makes him real hot he jumps out and then all of a sudden he can breathe fire that's uh, a new new power. <laughs> that's a new power, yeah. 
we hadn't seen that before. And even Rhodey says, oh, we're breathing fire now. <laughs> and uh, so then I think Savin punches him in the face and he knocks him out because right. of course Savin is in that room now. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, so Savin goes into the Iron Patriot suit right. and flies off to meet the president in Air Force One. Right. As Rhodey, pretending right. to be Rhodey. Um, so Tony, Tony gets his, uh, this prototype suit that's in Tennessee. Uh, uh, he gets it to fly to meet him in Miami. Right. Which so, only takes a few minutes, but he has to, but the kid has to undo the, so he has to undo <laughs> a, 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 a barn door. Right. This is, this is the Iron Man suit that can destroy aliens from other dimensions, but it can't open a freaking door. I think it could break through the wood of the door. That door is wood. <laughs> Uh, it is it is very wooden and so, it was shake it was it was shaking yeah right it couldn't bust through that but it, but it can fly like it can fly to tennessee in like what three minutes yeah it doesn't take very from, long or, from, or to miami from tennessee in like three minutes so it's several thousand miles per hour <laughs> yeah we should probably at, at some point you know we'll, we'll use our twitter account for this we'll figure out we'll calculate the velocity of the iron man pieces right, right. and uh tell Tell everyone there. Yeah. So, you know, Tony is, he's chained up. He's waiting for the pieces of the suit to come and save him. Yeah. So, uh, so Tony, so Tony's got the suit, but you know, it could fly to beat him in Miami, but it can't apparently, but it can't apparently fly to catch up with the bad guys that have right. escaped Miami. Right. I, it's a helicopter. They're flying away in a helicopter. Right. He can't. He's the, the suits. This it, it's really unclear what the suit <laughs> can and cannot do. Yeah. So anyway, so he and Rhodey defeat all the bad guys. They arrest, yep. uh, they learn from the fake Mandarin, the Fandarin, yep. um, that uh, where, they've, where they've gone. Yeah. Apparently the, an oil tank or an oil rig in the middle of the ocean. Right. Um, meanwhile, Iron Patriot. Mm -hmm. So the bad guy, Savin, is now on Air Force One. Um, the Iron Patriot has taken over the president right. and they've put the president in the Iron Patriot suit and fly, flown the president to this oil rig. Right. Iron Man gets to, because he figured out how to fly the suit, gets it to Air Force One, right. which is flying mm -hmm. in the middle of the air, uh, fights Savin, kills Savin. Yes. He so shoots Savin's him. done. We're not going to see, we're not going to see Savin anymore. Yes. Shoots him with the, you know, the, the circular thing on his chest through him pretty gross yeah um so he savin is no more right savin was in pretty much every other scene <laughs> there's gonna be a little bit of, okay so this is finally the shot that kills Savin, even though he's been like blown up and like blasted yeah all kinds of stuff yeah this anyway. that's the blast that does it how 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 these extremist people are killed is really unclear so but there's a bunch of people still on this plane that tony needs to save yeah they're all so falling they're all, now <laughs> they're all falling out of the plane um, for reasons, because the door's open. Right. Um, so Tony, like, daisy chains them all uh, to the suit mm -hmm. and uh, saves them and uh, drops them into Biscayne Bay. Yeah, and they all seem happy, there. even though, like, yeah. you know, it's still uh, kind of hard to scene, swim in the bay. <laughs> yeah, this scene, this scene does come, like, directly from the comics. Yeah. Tony has saved people falling from a plane before, and he does it the same way, like, he he daisy chains them all together. In this movie, they call them. They, he calls it. Hey, remember the game Barrel Full of Monkeys? Yeah. 
Um, so I, I will see it as an action scene, this is a pretty cool scene. It works. This well. is a very cool scene. Yeah, it it's works fun. really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though it's yeah, as much obviously as, as much as we <laughs> say how rid ridiculous all these scenes are, this movie is totally watchable and rewatchable. Yeah, it's fun to watch. It's it's not at the highest level of the MCU, but it's 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 really good. Yeah, it's probably better than everything that the DCEU has done, other than maybe the first Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, totally. So, um, so we find out where they they need to go. Um, Rhodey and Tony oh. without a suit. Wait, wait, hold on. So, so they're sorry, all, sorry, they all drop down, right? They all they all we save all the people, and that's that Iron Man's the Iron Man's about to fly away. And he's crossing a bridge and boom, gets hit by a truck and it falls into pieces. And we learn that Tony did this whole thing without the suit on. Right. So, <laughs> okay. So now I, I'm going to go, before we get into all the other things, I have to bring up a, a little bit of a, a logic bomb here, right? So the suit is supposedly powered by the arc light reactor, right? And we even saw it blast. Which, which each, yes, which each, which all of them have in them. So that's, that's, I know where, I know where you're going. Is that, does that come directly from Tony? Right. But Tony makes all these suits with those things, just happens to be in so the So now spot. that, okay, so that's what's changed. Like they, yeah. they have their own individual reactor now. Power source, yeah. So, and that's how that's how Iron Patriot can have the same sort of Okay. All right. So at least that's covered. <laughs> yeah. So, but that was kind of funny. Um, uh, and that's actually one of the things that, that kind of the really good making properties is film is that the, there, there are lots of light moments. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. So Rhodey and uh, Tony are in a boat, and yep. they just boat over to this oil rig. Right. So they were remote. Con Thankfully he was remote controlling the the suit that whole time. Right. Right. So they 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 go to infiltrate the uh, the the extremist uh, oil rig to try to save the president. Uh, they don't have a suit. Yep. Among them, they don't have anything but a few guns. Right. T Tony now has to fight fire a gun. Fire <laughs> a not, gun. He's not good at it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he empties his clip after the first sort of round. And he's like, hey, give me some more ammunition. He's like, these ammunition. And they have this sort of back and forth about the ammunition not fitting. Yeah. And he's just like, just give me whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you made guns forever. You should know how this works. <laughs> um, so, um, but there's this huge fight in an oil rig. Now, Tony has this plan that I don't think he really shared with Rhodey. Mm -mm. But uh, he finally gets a hold of Jarvis somehow reasons again yes uh, he couldn't communicate with jarvis for a long time but now he can <clears throat> i guess jarvis and rebooted like jarvis was maybe. in his prototype suit that went with him to tennessee and i don't know maybe and i don't know but that the but that suit is on the highway somewhere right all in pieces as in we saw pieces. before so who knows so but he they they, they uh, uh what, are they, what do they call it the house party protocol yep yep so basically every suit that tony has made over the last several years as Iron Man, all fly from Malibu to, I'm assuming this is off the coast of Florida. Yes. <laughs> because they were in a single engine boat that couldn't have gotten very far. Right. Um, so, you know. 3,000 anyway, miles. 3,000 miles. It takes about, what, two minutes to get there? Yeah, it's actually faster even than the first suit that went from Tennessee to right. Florida Mansion. Mm-hmm. So these 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 suits are booking it. Yeah. So they they get there. So there's like forty five Iron Men mm -hmm. against you know thirty or forty extremist creeps uh, 
and Killian and who's more powerful than all the other extremist guys. Yes. Somehow for reasons. Yeah. Um, so there's this big fight. It's a great scene. Yeah. Uh, Tony jumps into suits. He jumps out of suits. The suits gets destroyed. Extremist people get eviscerated and thrown into the ocean. And right. there's lots of fighting and firepower and cool stuff going on and jumping from, you know, an oil rig is a great sort of setting for like a, a scene like this. Yeah. Because you're running along catwalks and then you're jumping onto different platforms and there's big shipping containers. Now, why the, there's big shipping containers and <laughs> on, a, on an oil rig? Yeah. Is unclear. That makes no sense, right? No, no, it doesn't. The, the, the no. shipping containers, those are made for cargo. Not, you wouldn't transfer oil that way. You should have some sort no, of you'd, pipe. You'd put, you'd put oil directly into an oiler, right? Like an oil rig ship. Yeah. Not, this, is, this is where they pump the oil. And then you would put that onto a large ship. And then that ship would then go to a place where you'd refine it. Yeah. So, so anyway. some of those things don't make sense. But, but that being said, this is a very cool action scene. This one yeah. works. So, so Rhodey saves the president. Mm -hmm. uh, they were going to try to assassinate the president on live on television. And uh, the vice president was going to be on Killian's side. Right. Uh, we learn all this. These are like reasons. This is irrelevant, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I did enjoy Miguel. One of his last roles, Miguel Ferrer, who plays the vice president. Uh, he's, a, he's an actor that's been in like a thousand movies that you've seen over mm -hmm. the course of his career. And he died relatively young, but he's been in lots of different movies. Had a great voice. Um, so Rhodey saves the president. And when he does, he has to like just fly him away. Right. Now, he could fly and then fly right back if his suit were like as fast as the Iron Man suits. Right. But apparently his suit is not. So we don't, we don't get to see any more Iron Patriot or War Machine or whatever. Right. Um, so Tony is trying to save Pepper. Uh, he can't reach her. She falls, you know, 200 feet into a fiery pit. Yeah. Because that happens. Because it's that... an oil rig and things get on fire and yeah. So uh, Tony starts fighting, fighting Killian. Um, you know, Killian is the super extremist, freaked out, you know, steroided dude. Um, Tony uses his brain, uses a couple of suits, um, cuts off his arm, blows yeah. him up a couple of times, but he keeps coming back. Um, and finally, what actually kills Killian? Am I missing anything? I just want to well, oh. so here's the thing that Tony does, which he thinks kills Killian. Right. He puts the suit on Killian, mm -hmm. forcing him to go somewhere, and then he makes the suit do a self-destruct. Right, right. But, of course, from the flames, you see the... He walks out. He's walking out. That was a big explosion, like a huge yes. explosion when the suit blows Really out. big explosion, right. So Killian's coming out. He's going to kill Tony Stark. And uh, so then Pepper pops out. She's fine because she's extremist, right? So... Um, the last suit, or one of the last suits that Tony has created. So early on the fight, Tony's like, lock on all on all extremist signatures and kill them all, right? Right. Um, so this suit is coming for Pepper. Yes. Pepper like like does this like ninja like powerful flip thing and destroys the suit, grabs a little missile out of the suit and then yep. throws it at, at Killian. Right. And that is enough. That kills Killian. So <laughs> yes. She kills Killian. And then makes a joke. That was really all violent, wasn't it? 
Um, yeah, so it's really unclear how to kill these guys, but she did it. I think so we can't uh, argue with that. plot apparently is how you kill. It was in the script. It was in the script. This one finally kills Killian. Yeah, uh, because we saw him blow up pretty with a huge explosion. Yeah. And this is just like a, one of the Iron Man missiles that she throws. I don't understand why that's any different than like the whole suit blowing up, which should presumably have the same armament inside of it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it would have made more sense if she had thrown like the little arc reactor at him. Oh, sure. I could buy that. That would have made a little bit more sense because like an arc reactor, it's like an electromagnet. It could, you could, you could talk about implosions. You could do I don't know. They, they, this is, there's definitely an, an issue where what it takes to kill. So they, they are not clear with their rules on what it takes yeah. to, to kill something yeah. that has a healing factor, which is the right. extremist soldiers. So right there at the end, you know, he saved, she saved him, she's saved, they're safe. There's no more extremist people. He gives the order to blow up all of his uh, Iron Man suits. Yeah, uh, oddly. Presumably because he's going to give up the superhero life? Presumably. But then also, you know, keeping one probably would have been nice to like, or two, so they could get home. <laughs> Maybe he thinks she can. They're stuck jump. with a motorboat. They're stuck with a motorboat. And like, to be honest with you, like, I'd be really concerned about the, I mean, those things are not particularly fuel efficient. No. And if they've got a, I mean, and oil rigs are out in the middle of the, like, they're close to the coast, but they're generally pretty far they're usually about 100 feet miles out yeah so like the idea of being able to get back with a single board motor that they already it's already got one trip out to this thing yeah here's the other thing i want to talk about with the suits blowing up uh, so you see you see so many suits blowing up that it looks like fireworks like it's it's of that kind of so at that point uh you know the fight went on for a long time you saw a lot of suits get taken out yet there's still enough so that when they blow up it's like a hundred more suits blow up. Yeah, yeah. He made more. So I think it was 42. Yeah. In the, uh, because that's the one that he, the Mach 42 was the one. Right. The, the, the test one. So presumably there's only 41 other suits. Well, yeah, that, that number is very loose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, to wrap things up, and this is totally done just in like montage form. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end, uh, Tony fixes Pepper. Yep, because he solved extremis and takes it out of her. She doesn't. She's not extremis anymore. Right? Yeah, that seems like a raw deal. He should like just fix it and let her have a healing factor because that's pretty useful. Yeah, yeah, uh, and power and strength and all that stuff. But yeah, why not? Why not just keep it? But but then he uses the extremis tech to to pull out the. Uh, the little uh, shrapnel in his own chest so he doesn't have to wear the, the arc reactor anymore. Yep. A nice little bit of plot there. Um, nice little bit of plot that was thrown at the last 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is the same doctor that he met in 1999. Kind of mm -hmm. putting a little bookend there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. That's it. That's, that's, that's that... it. The post credit scene is just him telling the story to... Uh, uh, Bruce Banner who falls asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Banner goes, uh, I'm not that kind of doctor. Exactly. So yeah. you realize the whole time that the narration that's been going on, which has been Tony Stark, it's been him dictating the plot of Iron Man 3 to Mark Ruffalo. Yes. And, and almost as like a therapy session. Yeah. 
So, so uh, what kind of impacts does this have to the MCU? Uh, fun, right? Actually, not. So that, that's actually one of the most interesting things about this movie, right? So we started with PTSD as being mm -hmm. a big part of it, which I think now was that, actually that, interesting. That right? comes that comes back up. That comes back up in Age of Ultron. That comes back up in Endgame. Right. So that that didn't get solved. <laughs> right. No. So it's no. as if this movie didn't happen. Yeah, and he gives up. He sort of ostensibly at the end of the movie gives up being Iron Man. Right. He blows up all of his suits. The next, the literally the next time we see Tony Stark in the MCU, he's in the Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah, with no explanation. It's like, didn't you give no. that up? No, not at all. No, no, no. And in fact, he's like at the at, like he's he's not with Pepper in Age of Ultron. They're on yep. a break. Yep. Uh, so like that doesn't even, you yeah. know, with no no explanation. It, yeah. I want to talk about the end credits a little bit. Like they, it has scenes from all three Iron Man movies. Yeah. And as we mentioned that he blows up all the suits, it's really directed as if this is the last time you're ever going to see Iron Man. Although mm -hmm. that's a hundred percent, we know that's not going to happen. Like even right. at the time, we know these other movies were planned. Yeah. Yeah. It was unclear. It was almost like they wanted to do a trilogy and they weren't really worried about it, any connection to the MCU. Yeah. Like they just like, ah, screw it. Like yeah. maybe, maybe people stop watching these movies and they won't care. You know, if we go, if we, if we were to go back and certainly, uh, you know, if we were to rank the, uh, the phases of the MCU, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a question that phase three is by far the best. Yeah. Like, like by far, like head and shoulders, like this, this phase, phase two has got some, it's got some good ones. Yeah. Certainly, you know, winter soldiers in there and we've got, um, uh, the guardians of the galaxy, but mm -hmm. you know, we've got this one, we've got. Thor 2, which we talked about right, last week. Right. We've got Age of Ultron. Um, it's not Ant-Man Ant the first Ant-Man. It's okay. Yeah, but, it's but this, this, is a, this is kind of a low point for the MCU. This is a time, as I was watching it, because I didn't happen to see Winter Soldier and, and I saw maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Well, this came before, before Winter Soldier. But oh, yeah. I know, but I, I do remember seeing... Okay, I saw Thor 2, I saw this movie, and I saw Age of Ultron nearly at the same time just because of when i was watching it uh -huh. and it feels like oh my gosh this might be the end of superhero like you, you, you if you watch it like that you might not make it to later on no yeah this was and this is the best of those well age of ultron is coming up next week but um uh there's not a lot difference between that movie and this one they're they're they've got some they've got some really fun parts but they've also got some really head scratching moments right so I, I guess the point is like this movie for let's whatever just, reason has just, no continuity. <laughs> yeah, let's just say if this were the high point of the MCU, we wouldn't be doing a podcast about it. True. <laughs> yeah, yep. you know this movie is really only so good because it had so much other stuff around it that was right. Good. So, but this movie is this movie good? Like we said, I mean, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. It's yeah, it's all right. It's. In the context of the MCU, it's 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 probably uh, a little bit better than you would if it was like a standalone film. Sure, you know, uh, but I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it's the fifth worst. Yes, of, <laughs> of twenty something sod projects. Yeah, so. I, I think it's worth watching. Yeah, if you're if you're trying to guide people through it, it's yeah. it's it's fun to watch in and of itself, yeah. especially if you really like Iron Man. If you, if you love Robert Downey Jr., you should watch this movie. It, totally. And I will see this movie again at some point. 
we both rewatched it this past weekend. I doubt it's on my last rewatch. Yeah. You know, um, it's convoluted. There's, uh, there's some, there's some ways that Killian could have gotten to where he wanted to go without the route of kidnapping the president and yeah, faking uh, terrorist stuff. And, well, that's, I think, as we keep pointing out the plot holes, like, you know, there's always a certain amount of suspension of disbelief, but sometimes the movies make it really hard on you to do that yeah. <laughs> because so they, again, this is something that the movie does by itself. It makes it really clear. Killian needs Tony. His whole point, right. uh, ostensibly, the whole point was to make extremists stable so he could make a lot of money, right? right. Like that, that's the whole idea. He's got to keep him alive and then proceeds to like really try to kill him. <laughs> he bad, yeah, and painfully, yeah. Yeah, that, that like he's going after him hard. So the plot doesn't work anymore if yeah. that happens, right? Yeah. It's one of those like super simple plots, but then just ridiculously complicated. Right. So that part was supposed to be there. And then somehow it, it goes from like, well, I need extremists to be stable so I can sell it and make a lot of money to I am going to kidnap and kill the president on TV so that I can have the vice president in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. And I don't I actually don't understand why that that would help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and then, you know, po pointing out the, the sort of the incongruity of Tony giving up all the suits and then, you know, immediately getting understand, back. And, and then immediately, you know, jumping back into a suit. Yeah. Um, that brings me, uh, there was an aside, just as an aside, there was a, uh, a, a Captain Marvel, uh, panel that was released this week. Uh, it was a, it was a comic that was released this week. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a panel that, that had a, um, an article about it that I read. Um, and she was talking, Captain Marvel talking about like, the three main characters in uh, the Civil War struggles, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got Captain America, Captain Marvel, and Iron Man, in the Civil War struggles in the comics, but you can actually relate this to the MCU too, because these, those three characters are very, very similar in, um, to who they are in the comics as well. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she pointed out like, you know, talking about always getting up from, from whatever knocks you down. Um, you know, Captain America, she points out, has got this moral, impermeability like he just believes in the the absolute nature of what's right and what's wrong mm -hmm. and if you're if you're in a fight you always get back up because that's just the right thing to do right right so that's mm -hmm. immovable um and she believes that she's just stubborn right and we get that we get that from her from her in that in the in the movie too like she's just stubborn she's just always going to get back up and then but tony but it, what it, he just believes in the future. He's mm -hmm. a, you know, in the, in the, the character in the comics, is he's a futurist. Uh, he believes that you just can continue to have to move forward. And if you're getting, if he's getting back up, it's because he believes in the future. Right. Right. So um, that's what's curious about, you know, getting rid of all the suits. Because <laughs> that makes no sense with his goals no sense. and his character. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit like the ending of uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Mm -hmm. where where all of a sudden you know batman gives up being batman and pretends he's dead and goes off to be with catwoman in italy yeah that's mm -hmm. a little bit weird <laughs> doesn't make any sense yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense in relationship to now it probably fits the the nolan verse pretty well mm -hmm. but i don't know that it fits the batman verse very well at all right um, and that's kind of the, the problem we have here and particularly when you know that you know iron man's coming back so do we want to talk about the elephant in the room? 
I think we have to at this point. Yeah. So this was huge when this came out. It's been controversial ever since. The Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Mandarin is a like like I mentioned a classic old school Iron Man villain. He is he's got magic powers maybe. Something. So he's so here's the thing about the Mandarin, and this will come up. The Mandarin has the ten rings, mm-hmm. very much like the Infinity Stones. Each ring has a different power, like right. one of the mind over like magic, blah blah blah. And so that is, and the the rings are like the rings on your finger. You put them all on, and uh, you know that's what gives him his mystical powers. Right, and he fights Iron Man. He's very rarely ever a um, like Avengers level threat. He's almost always just. Iron Man versus the Mandarin, right? Right. Um, and so what this movie did was it took a, an old school Iron Man villain, maybe the most well-known Iron Man villain, mm-hmm. and turned him into a facade of it one. Right? Yeah. He's not fake. really the villain. A fake. Mm-hmm. A Fandarin. Mm-hmm. This angered the fanboys so much on the internet. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's go into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Leads me to sort of an interesting sort of phenomenon that we had with the, when you think about the phases of the MCU, the first phase was largely your old school MCU villains. Mm-hmm. So you've got Red Skull, yep. Iron Monger, which is basically the, the Abadiah Stane character in right. Iron Man 1. You've got Loki, you've got Thunderbolt Ross even. Right? Mm-hmm. These are characters that have been around really as long as even the heroes have, right? The second phase um, that we start to get are really post two thousand uh, characters. So Killian Aldrich is a, is extremis. When we talk about that run in the comics, I think it was like two thousand three ish. Yeah, something um, like that. Something like that. Um, we've got the Winter Soldier now. Winter Soldier is Bucky, but that didn't. Bucky wasn't introduced as the Winter Soldier until I think about two thousand five. Yeah, it was sort of the the story. One of the stories that led up to uh, Civil War, which happened around 2008-ish. Uh, we've got Malekith. We talked about him last week, even though nobody knows who he is. Yep. He is a newer villain. And uh, even something like Scott Lang as Ant-Man. Like right. when, we, when we do Ant-Man, we don't have classic Hank Pym who slaps Janet Van Dyne around. We get <laughs> Scott Lang yeah. um, as like this new school Ant-Man. So um, it is an interesting sort of factor uh, about, about the characters. And I wonder... Uh, if some of the fanboyness too, like the one thing that fanboys are always sort of uh, get upset about is one, when movies don't go exactly according to the way the comics did. Mm -hmm. And they always think that old, older things that happen in the comics are better than newer things that happen in the comics. Sure. Right. So, so you've got, you've got two things going against the, the Mandarin, right. You've got, you've got the fact that they made him a Fandarin. Right. And then they also have this, he's kind of thrown into this movie where it's, it's not him as the, it's, it's not him, it's not his story, right? right. The, the Mandarin was never in the extremist storyline. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that could be it. Um, that being said, if you take three seconds to think about it, you can't bring in the Mandarin, like, just because that was how it was always done. You also just can't bring in the Mandarin. Yeah, you just can't. <laughs> He's, he's the history of the Mandarin is so racist. Right. We need to not have him fight the white guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, this all being said, it seems like we're going to get the Mandarin though. And they even alluded to this in like a, a DVD short, like All Hail the King. They had the, hey, uh, 
sounds like the real Mandarin is mad uh, mm -hmm. at you for, for, uh, for faking him. And uh, the other interesting thing is the Ten Rings, like the army of the Ten Rings came up in the first Iron Man. So they, they alluded to it. Mm -hmm. And now we have the movie coming out, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. And those Ten Rings, I, it looks like this is going to be the real Mandarin. And those are definitely the yeah. rings in question. My guess is, so a couple of things. One, my guess is, is that they don't call him the Mandarin. Right. <laughs> you know, which is, I mean, about as bad as calling somebody, you know, think of another racial epithet. You can sure, use. sure. Um, so that, that will be one thing. And the other thing is, is that in, at least in Shang-Chi, he's the, the, if it is the Mandarin, he's not going to be fighting, you know, white guy, Tony Stark. No. Yeah. This is, this is not going to have the be same a little thing. bit more. It's going to be a little bit more sensitive to what's going on. It looks like they're going um, with a, yeah, it's a, a crime Lord kind of story. Yeah. yeah so. Which is fine. There are, there are, there are Asian crime Lords and that's oh, yeah. fine to go ahead and, and do. Yeah. Um, but I like the fact that, you know, the, the way they did this is they sort of make it a complete fake. And, and you I, sort of neuter the racism and, and sure. the evil history of that character. Yeah, no, I think it was a good idea. I also think storytelling wise, the, the idea of the fake was a good one in that it, we talked about the problem of the second Iron Man movie where mm -hmm. they're like, oh, they have two villains. They have Sam Rockwell's character. And then they also had Whiplash for mm -hmm. some reason. By having the fake, we consolidated the villains to just Killian. Yeah. Which yeah. kind of makes more sense for like motivation. Now, that being said, I kind of think his motivation is really lame. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I didn't like Killian. And I feel like if they were able to combine the last two films into one, mm -hmm. make this, make the extremist stuff, uh, to be honest with you, uh, the Justin Hammer character. That would have been great. And it would have made sense. Like he's taking short Sam Rockwell was funny and charming yeah. and, and good. He could have like developed the extremist stuff, but not use it on himself because he's not really the kind of character that you want doing the fighting. Right. You you use you overuse Savin in this movie anyway. Make him do the final fight with. Uh, he probably uh, should Tony have been Stark. right. Yeah. Like that's the whole movie looks like it's leading up to that, and so to go away from that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, there, there's and a that, lot and that, that comes, comes and a little bit of comes back to just like Guy Pierce. I wasn't really, I didn't feel it. Yeah, um, I think he's mostly forgettable as a villain. In this. Mm -hmm. um, so some some random thoughts. We've talked about this. Savin is is everywhere all at once. Oh, His yeah. frequent fire miles must have been amazing. But just this just this, this villain. He's in L.A., Tennessee, Miami, Air Force One. He yeah. didn't make it to the uh, he didn't make it to the uh, the oil rig at the end. Does Extremis doesn't let you fly, right? Like we haven't seen that no, ability. No, we didn't see anybody fly. They can't. There are limitations to the speed, I would assume. But hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> we talked about this. Why was he in Tennessee? We know that AIM was trying to get the, these files back from this uh, this mom, mm -hmm. but like, why was he there? It's not clear. Um, because they clearly weren't going after Tony because they thought he was dead. Right. And if they and if they did think he was alive, and they were coming after him, the last time they came after him and it didn't work was with like three military grade helicopters with missiles and now right. they're just coming after him with two people yeah now they're extremist people but it's still it's like come on what's going on like you know if you couldn't beat him before with missiles why are you you know anyway yeah doesn't make um, sense kind of a, yeah it didn't make much sense um we could probably talk about this with every sort of 
uh, solo movie other than maybe Captain America Civil War? Mm-hmm. Like, why did no one call another Avenger? Why didn't, <laughs> why wasn't, even like one of the weak ones, like Black Widow could have helped. Hawkeye could have helped, you know? Yeah, Hawkeye not- here would have made, Black Widow or Hawkeye in this context yeah. makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of sneaking around and trying to figure out what is going on. It's supposed to be a terrorist threat. That's what they believe. Yeah, he's telling this story to Mark Ruffalo. Right. To Bruce Banner. Call up Bruce. Yeah. Hey, green guy, come. There's these guys that I can't fight in my suit. You could. <laughs> like with, without breaking a sweat, you'd be totally yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, you'd be fine. You, you can absorb gamma radiation. You can totally beat the extremist dudes. Yeah, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, usually I like to believe like, oh, why, why don't they call the Avengers for everything? In other movies, I can chalk it up to saying like, well, this is a low level thing. Like the Ant-Man movies actually make a lot of sense for like why they're not always calling the Avengers. Like, they're yeah, because they, don't trust, because they don't trust them. Yeah. And there's right. like heist movies, so yeah. Right, there's like a little threat. It's like, I don't need to call the Avengers where I'm just trying to steal this one piece of tech from no, They're trying to kill the president. Right. Yeah, this yeah. Is a, they made this threat too big. Yeah. I actually, a lot of this movie works a lot better. Number one, if they consolidate some things. And number two, if they just streamline, like it doesn't have to involve the president. The, the idea of the terrorist threat is kind of fun. Uh, fun, fun in a terrorist way. But like the political stuff really kind of makes it weird and complicated. Yes, you get to have yeah. the interesting... Uh, barrel of monkeys thing but it that could have been a, any other a commercial plane or whatever right because it really yeah. made the plot go sideways yeah so uh you you brought up uh maya yeah um you know going back to that scene where she's killed i kind of wish that it had been the other way around mm. like she just she does the cold-hearted thing yeah and it's like okay killian is out of control here I'm the real boss. Mm. I'm going to kill him. Right. Wouldn't that have been cooler? That would have been cool. And that fits the comic more. Not to say that that's the best thing, but mm-hmm. by having her die there, it really makes her story purpose pretty limited. Yeah. Right. And, and so let's also talk about the We're supposed to care about her and then all yeah. of a sudden she's gone. And I, it's like after three scenes and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The comics end where... You know, we think she's been the sympathetic character the whole time. And then at the very end, Tony, Tony's realized that she's been behind some things, that she must have mm-hmm. worked with Killian. Killian's dead right. at the start of the comics. Right. And she's sort of she's, guiding she's Tony through this. But yeah. she was actually like behind this. And her motivation had been, uh, this is a bit more nuanced. So like the whole point of the extremist comics is, is kind of the, the idea of science, used for science for the advancement of mankind. And mm-hmm. Tony's kind of like plagued by this. Like he invented the suit. He had done all this stuff that he wanted mankind to get better. And by the time we start Extremis, he's kind of ticked that the world hasn't gotten better. He's invented all mm-hmm. this stuff and like the world seems just as bad as before. And then the Extremis yeah. tech comes in. Maya looks at Extremis as like, well, it's like the nuclear bomb. Like we had to make this to make the world better. Mm-hmm. And yes, some people are going to get blown up, but that's, that's the price. Right. And I think that that would have been a lot more interesting to sort of bring that into here. Like right. maybe she she maybe she's got a way of you know flicking a switch and turning off Killian or you know right. not turning him off but killing him right like just destroying him, um, and she could have done that and then you know you could do things with the the MCU because I I kind of like the actress it, her name is Re- Rebecca Hall, um, I didn't remember it earlier, uh, 
and like the whole idea of 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 a of a female supervillain would have been interesting too like like right make her be really smart you could even do something like cool like you know leave it open to uh you know she she's defeated at the end but she's not dead and maybe maybe you make her madam mask or somebody who's a classic sort of iron sure. Man villain like you know you could do stuff with that too like because madam mask doesn't like her whole point is like she could be anybody right so right um i like the idea of of, of switching that up that would have been kind of interesting to me but yeah as it stands now she doesn't really have much of a point like she's the no. person that invented extremis tony meets her in the beginning uh, she shows up later on turns out to be a does a little heel turn oh i was evil the whole time working with the main bad guy and then dies and that's it yeah yeah this is not a um a good movie for feminists oh no <laughs> um despite the fact that you know uh Pepper does sort of save the day at the end. You know, yeah. the, the two, those two characters do have a conversation with one another, but it is totally about Tony and Killian. It's not about, it's not yeah. having to do with anything else. Yeah, yeah. there's, so there's not a female character other than the one that tries to kill Tony, right? The extremist yeah. soldier. Yeah, so there's no, uh, there's no real depth to these, these uh, female characters, of course. Yeah. So, all right. Um, what else? Did we miss? Uh, I think we're, we're, we're your family's takes. So my family has not oh. fully seen this movie. Well, this is actually one that we skipped. Okay. I, I think I did it because I wanted to rush to the Winter Soldier. Gotcha. So we went right over it, and no one has wanted to go backwards. I don't think you need to see this one for the MCU. Yeah, that's part um, of what I realized. I was at the point in the in the watching that I was like, we need to hurry. Like I could detect the <laughs> the interest was lagging. So mm-hmm. I was like, we, we got to hit one of the heavy hitters, so Winter Soldier. So came. yeah, so uh, I don't. So Elliot doesn't have much of a of a statement other than not too bad. Yeah, that's a that pretty was, good summary. Yeah, I, I think you know we spent an hour and a half saying more things. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably could have just said, hey, it's not too bad. Yeah. I almost. What if you only watched the Iron Man movies and you never watched? Obviously, some of this movie doesn't make sense. But in some ways, if you only watch the Iron Man movies and this is the end, you don't know that the suits come back. Maybe that makes right. it, the movie work a bit better. That's a good question. So if you, you'd have to cut out the you cut out the post credit scenes, yeah, and you basically say of you know maybe you retcon the the trauma that that Tony is under to be like the last scenes in Iron Man two. Sure. Maybe or, that's the trauma. Or you just see the. Maybe you just watch the fight scene of the aliens, and that's fine. Sure. It's like, oh, Tony somehow makes meets up with the Avengers, like, and that's. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, I still think Iron Man Two is is bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, you know this is certainly better than that, and, it, and it's a pretty significant gap, I think. Yeah. yeah. Which is why we included this movie, you know, this week on its own. Right. Because I wouldn't have wanted to spend an hour and a half talking about Iron Man Two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this one's way more watchable. It, it's hard and I also, to convey and that I the also, action scenes are really good in this. Yeah, they are. They are. The, the, they're much better than the previous Iron Man movie, um, Iron Man Two. Uh, and I think you know there are there are things, like, and we've talked about a few of those things. There are th- some things that they could have done mm-hmm. to make this one really solid. Right. I felt like Iron Man Two was so messed up that there was little. To, I mean, so much of it would have had to have been changed. I, I guess maybe frustrating is what I think of with this movie. Like, 
it's just a couple of changes and it actually works a lot better. And there's a lot of really good humor and writing in this movie. Because here's the thing, the Iron Man movies have Robert Downey Jr. in them. Right. And that's, I still think it's the biggest asset that the MCU had from an actor standpoint. Right. Um, to date. And, you know, it's a shame that, you know, this movie and the Iron Man 2 movie sort of kind of wasted prime RDJ. Yeah. Um, and, then, and wasted is maybe harsh, but, you know, um, could have been better, right? Right. Given the quality of the character, given how much people like the Iron Man character, the movies could have been, could have been better. Yeah, because once we start getting, like, I feel like the, the three Captain America solo movies totally maximize Chris Evans. Oh, yeah. Right? We don't, we don't, we don't, I don't feel like there's anything that's like, oh, man, you know what? I needed one more rah-rah speech. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there's a, there's, a, there's a little bit from the Tony Stark character that I could have got, I could have gotten more out of it. Right. Um, and it would have made Endgame, the end of that, even more heartbreaking, right? Right. But, uh, but alas, that's where we are. Yep. That, and, that's, that's it. You know, yeah. I mean, we could, we could give uh, uh, John Favreau our dad bod of the week if we wanted to go back to the <laughs> dad bods of the week. Because he has definitely got a dad bod going on. Yep. At, oh, yeah. That, that does happen at the end of the movie. We see that Happy's recovered. Yes. Happy's fine. Uh, and, and watching and really likes Downton Abbey. Yep. Which uh, the first couple seasons of Downton Abbey are excellent. Hmm. Uh, I have not watched, but I've heard it's really good. Um, but yeah, I think that's Iron Man 3. I think that's, uh, that's, that's everything. That's all that ever needs to be said about Iron Man about 3. Iron Man 3. Um, so awesome. Yeah, I, I alluded to it. Next week is uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, which just coincidentally is the next time we will see Tony Stark. In, uh, in the MCU. All right. Well, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Mike.